0: Welcome to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I'm your host and master coach, Alex Club. And I'm going to be diving into what it takes to create more success and abundance in your business while living with more joy, excitement, and passion on the journey. This is not your typical business podcast. This is a judgment-free space where we're willing to put all the growth topics on the table. And we're not afraid to address the uncomfortable or to share raw, behind-the-scenes stories to support your expansion. So tune in for inspiration, strategies, reflection questions, and interviews with world-class guests to help you elevate your business, unleash the power of your full expression, and to infuse more ecstasy into your day-to-day life. Because you deserve to live a life that lights you up inside, and there's no better time to start than right now. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Igniting Ecstasy in Business podcast. Whether you already listened to the first episode or you're here for the first time, I want to welcome you. Thank you for spending your time here with me today. I am so excited to get into this topic that I have planned for you today and for us to dive in even deeper into what it really looks like and what it takes to elevate to higher levels and create more success and abundance in business while also feeling really good about who we are and about our lives while we're on the journey, creating more of that joy, excitement, and passion along the way. And so I've been thinking about where I really want to take this second episode, and I want to share a story with you that, for me, was actually really instrumental in me learning how to tap even more into my true desires and my intuition and letting my true self and my highest self take the lead and learning how to recognize and remove the fear, doubt, and worry that not only tends to block us from creating more of what we want, but that also makes the path a lot more difficult along the way. And I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but I have found from my experience that it's not ever actually our circumstances that are the main decider of the difficulty or the ease that we're experiencing or the joy that we're experiencing in our lives and businesses. I know it is super easy to feel that way. And I completely understand and relate and honor the human in us, you know, honor our humanity, the part of us that does feel the challenges and and feels that difficulty. I honor all of that. And I also know and have experienced that what actually makes the path more challenging is all of the doubt and the second guessing ourselves and fearing the unknown, fearing that things won't be okay, or won't turn out in a way that's supportive for us or good for us. Okay, so let me start with this story, and then we'll get more into these concepts of what it really looks like to let your true desires lead the way and trust in your intuition and to make the path filled with more ease while you do that. So about a year ago, I was at a point in my business where I had outgrown some of the programming that I had been running. There were things I had gone through, some spiritual evolution that I had really experienced and elevations in business. And getting even more clear about what I was really fired up about, what I loved to talk about, where I wanted to guide, guide people and where my sweet spots were and what my jo- zone of geniuses were. And so as I was getting all of this clarity, I came to see that there were programs and offerings and just different things that I had in place in my business that no longer felt like they were fully aligned with me. And at the same time, I didn't know what I was going to replace the, those programs with. And so I remember having different conversations with different mentors and debating with myself and thinking, man, this is going to be a really significant step to remove this programming before I've replaced it with something proven. I had different mentors discouraging me from taking that path, which is very understandable because it can be a challenging path (laughs) to move forward that way. And I also knew inside that I really needed to come into highest integrity with myself and how I was running my business. I knew that when I'm out of alignment, everything around me starts falling apart or getting a lot more challenging and difficult. It's like, I I feel like I'm pushing a boulder up a hill when I am out of alignment, when I'm going against my intuition. So alignment and authenticity is a huge thing for me and, and a huge part of my values and how I grow my business. So when I recognized this misalignment, I knew that I needed to make shifts, even though I didn't know how it was all going to unfold or work out. And at this time, I also started getting these visions or these nudges, this inspiration to scale things back in my business and to restructure and give myself a little space to actually get smaller before I got bigger again. And at the same time, there was a big part of me that was also really resisting this because I had been growing quite a bit in my business um, over the several years before that. I had more than, well, I'll say I had doubled or more in every year that I was in business um, leading up to 2020. And then that was the year I experienced this incredible growth and 10x my business in in under two years. And so I had never had a year where my growth actually declined. And this was something I struggled with because as a coach, one of my specialties is helping people make quantum leaps forward, increase their revenue, make more money, make more profit. And my ego was taking a little bit of a hit and saying, gosh, if you scale back your business, if you get smaller, will your clients still trust you? Will you be as credible? You know, How will that look? How will people receive you is ultimately what those fears were saying or doubting. And then I also realized at that time that I had this deep attachment to feeling like I had to reach a seven figure business by a certain time frame. that I had to do it within three years, you know, of when I first started really going for creating a successful and, and thriving coaching business. And I had that in my mind that I had to hit the seven figure business goal within three years so that I could be credible or so that I could compare with the other coaches out there who hit seven figure businesses or two or three years. And ultimately, what was underneath all of that, if you kind of peel back the layers of the onion, was deep down this fear that I wouldn't be taken seriously, that I needed to prove my worth and value, especially to my family or to people closest to me. And ultimately, what all of that says is this fear that I wasn't good enough if I didn't hit the seven-figure business in three years. And so I was having this war within myself and this constant tension of my desires, my intuition pulling me forward into this place of getting small again before I got bigger and scaling back and restructuring and and really rebirthing a lot of things in my business. And then my ego that felt this attachment to this belief that I had to hit seven figures and that it wasn't okay to slow down. And so that created all different kinds of overanalyzing and second-guessing and and doubting my self-intention. And that went on for a couple months until I finally reached a point of realizing that I was out of alignment with one of the core principles that I do my best to live my life by, which is letting my true desires lead the way and trusting in my intuition, trusting in my gut over what anyone else tells me and really connecting to what my highest self is guiding me towards. So it actually ended up being this crazy and sometimes very challenging and sad and um, overwhelming experience and also this incredibly powerful experience for me to learn how to really trust my deepest intuition and to accept myself and accept and allow and believe in my true desires. So before I finish the story, I want to take a moment here and pause and explain uh, for those of you listening who are curious to learn more about the fear and doubt and your subconscious mind and understanding what tends to block our intuition or our true desires and, and how all of that works. Okay, so my understanding And I'll say for a very long time, I used to always think of this as my subconscious mind. As I've continued to grow and evolve, I now will think of this often as my inner child uh, that pops up and, and that brings up the fear, doubt, and worry. But in this context, I'll share about how your subconscious mind is formed when you are a child. And so between ages zero to seven, you don't have an intellect developed yet. So you don't have the ability to reason or question or analyze what's being taught to you, your mind is just like a sponge, absorbing everything that you're witnessing, observing, and that's being told to you. And you take all of these observations and they form your belief systems, your worldview, and that includes positive beliefs and also limiting beliefs and your fears. You're only actually born with two fears inside of you. So when you're born, you have the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That means every other fear that you have, it was passed down to you from other humans. It wasn't something that you were born with or that you were created with. And so the fears that you have or the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself or about what's possible for you in life, those are beliefs that were instilled in you. And a lot of fears or limiting beliefs are often closely tied to judgment, okay? Places where where we judge ourselves or where we have doubt. And yet we're actually born unashamed, My daughter reflects this lesson back to me all the time. It's been so fun. Uh, My daughter's going to be two in a couple of weeks, and it has been so fun to not only watch her grow and become her own person and to see her personality develop um, and to just watch her get cuter and cuter (laughs) as she gets older, but it's also been so fun to see how unashamed she is and how confident she is and how... She lives just in love and joy so much of the time. And she's still unashamed. When she was learning to walk, no matter how many times she fell, she just got right back up. When she was learning how to put her own clothes on, which was something she was very adamant about learning for a time period there, and she would consistently put both of her legs through one pant leg. And then she'd look confused, she'd pull the pants off, she'd start over, and boom, get both feet back in the same pant leg. She never once turned to me and said, oh my gosh, mom, I'm so embarrassed, you know, that I didn't get my legs in the correct, you know, pant legs on the first try. I better not do this anymore or you better do it for me. No, none of that. She just kept going. She tried it over and over and over again. And I personally believe it's because all of us are born with the innate knowing that we are meant to learn and grow through making mistakes, through through trying things out and seeing what fits and what doesn't. And seeing what works. We are meant to grow and evolve. We're meant to use our creativity and our curiosity. We're not meant to get it right on the first try every single time. We're not meant to try to find that exact one way or right path and and have all of the answers. We're meant to explore and to evolve. And that's the truth of who we really are. Okay, who you really are is a person who is worthy, who is good enough who is creative, who is valuable, and who is capable of so much expansion and having so much greatness and unique talents inside of you to express. That's who you really are. But then as we grow up and get older and based on you know, how you were raised and and what kind of influences you had around you, you develop these belief systems and a worldview. And like I said, some of it positive, and then some of it can also be limiting and based in fear. And I want to be clear when I talk about the subconscious or how you're raised and belief systems that you adopt, this isn't about inviting judgment on your parents or those who raised you or your guardians. I really believe all of us are doing the best we can with the knowledge, resources, and skills that we have at this time. So it's not an invitation for judgment or blame. It's simply an invitation to raise our awareness and to go looking and exploring while also honoring any anger or resentment or whatever feelings you have about it and have about how you were raised and the fears that were passed down to you. I believe fully in honoring our humanity and honoring the inner child that needs to express that and be allowed to have their feelings while also knowing in the highest sense and and in our highest selves that it's not about blame, and we're all doing the best we can, and that we all have the ability to transcend the limiting beliefs and the fears that are passed down to us. All right, so let's go a little bit deeper into how we actually do that and how we transcend those blocks that tend to slow us down. So first of all, it's important to recognize how our subconscious mind or how our fear, how our inner child tends to, to bring those blocks up. And often I see them showing up in either justifications, rationalizing, justifying, defending, explaining why we're doing something, you know, the way that we are. And whenever we're in justifications, it tends to be a signal that we're in a pattern, that we're in some kind of fear or belief system pattern that was passed down to us versus really following the callings or desires of our heart. And then it also can show up when we fall into the overanalyzing spirals, arguing in your mind, debating with yourself, um, second guessing and trying to kind of figure out from this thinking place of what's actually the path forward, what's the right way. And then it also can pop up or it can signal to us that our fear is in the driver's seat when we're clinging to perceived security and avoiding the unknown. And this often shows up in what I call the but what if spiral. Okay, so you get an idea or an inspiration or something that you're desiring, something you feel pulled forward towards, which is how I tend to recognize true desire, right? Is those inspirations, that that pooling, that nudging, you know, that we want to move forward in a certain way. And then the subconscious brings up these but what ifs. But what will people think about you? Or but what if this doesn't work out the way you think it will? What if it takes too long? What if you don't get your money back? What if you waste your time and energy? All right. I invite you to think right now about what tends to come up in your but what if spiral. Okay. I'm sure everyone here can relate to this. And like I said, it comes up for me all the time. And I see it come up often with clients. And it's really just our subconscious mind's way of bringing up those patterns to keep us spinning and second guessing in doubt so that we stay where we are. Because if we stay where we are, then we can stay in our comfort zone and we can avoid the unknown. And your subconscious mind does not like the unknown. It wants you to stay safe and comfortable because its main job is to keep you surviving. Okay, your subconscious mind, it's formed at the age when you're at the age um, of childhood where you are literally dependent on your parents for survival, which means you learn how to please your parents, how to get approval from them, how to behave in a way that gets them to take care of you, and that's all part of forming your worldview and your belief systems. Okay? So let me give a quick example of this um, to just help really illustrate, you know, how the belief systems in the subconscious mind work. Um, so something for me that was passed down to me, a belief when I was a child was that a good mom sacrifices herself or her desires or her career for her family. And this came from observing, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. A lot of her friends and the friends that we played with when I was younger were stay-at-home moms. I grew up watching different TV shows at that time that would show, you know, women staying home and, and raising the kids. And then different things, you know, my mom or different family members would say or different women would say as I grew up and especially in different communities, you know, I heard plenty of women who had this belief system. And so it was really ingrained into me that, A good mom and a non-selfish mom prioritizes her family over her career. So then as I got older and I started falling in love with my career and professional development and wanting to make an impact in the world and then eventually wanting to start my business... I knew that my true desire was really to be a business owner, to be a woman leader. And yet I had this belief from my subconscious and from my worldview in childhood that a good mom gives up her career for her family. So that created this misalignment in my soul and this tension and this value conflict that I had this desire and this thing I wanted to pursue. And then I also had a belief that it was bad or wrong to pursue it. And this is the kind of wrongness that comes up that makes the path forward more difficult because it creates that fear and second guessing and and doubting and worrying about what's going to happen. It, it can create anxiety. It can create feeling like you always have to grind it out and work really hard to make sure nothing falls apart and to make sure everything comes together the way that you want it to. And so, like I said, I I see these kinds of patterns and beliefs come up all the time with my clients. There's plenty of value conflicts that I've had to work through. That was one in particular. And I really had to consciously step back and question it and look at my belief system. And I had to learn how to trust in my desires over the fear. I had to learn how to prioritize who I really am and what I really want and to allow that to be okay and to remove the wrongness from it. And you'll hear me say this over and over again. I am always a work in progress. I am always growing in this. So I I still have room to grow in learning how to move my subconscious into the passenger seat. And like I said, I now think of this a lot as my inner child and letting my inner child be heard and seen and expressed while also not letting her drive the car. And that came from this really deep study and journey I've been on and and integrating and experimenting with how to really trust in and value my highest self and my desires and prioritize my own intuition because I have come to believe, and I'll say this over and over and over again, that everything that you desire to create or experience in your life and business, it's on the other side of trusting in yourself. It's on the other side of letting your highest self be in the driver's seat. All right. So like I invited you to reflect on a few few minutes ago, ask yourself right now, what does tend to come up in your but what if spiral? What are those challenges or circumstances that you feel maybe blocked in or something that you feel like you haven't been able to transcend the things that come up that slow you down or the reasons for why you can't have more of what you want or the reasons why you're not feeling more fulfilled or happier, more joyful right now? Okay, what are those reasons? What's the but-what-if spiral? I can tell you for a lot of my clients, I will see this show up in them taking on misaligned clients that they aren't actually excited to work with because they feel like they need the money or they don't want to miss out on the opportunity. This can show up with undercharging, overgiving, or people-pleasing, avoiding setting healthy boundaries. It can also show up through saying yes to everything, taking on too much, avoiding delegating, avoiding prioritizing what's the highest and best use of your time. It shows up in overanalyzing, second-guessing decisions or strategies, being hesitant to commit to going all in for what you want and to just embracing the journey and continuing to grow and learn until you figure it out. It can come with all that wrong-making around making mistakes or doubting yourself maybe limiting your visibility, blocking yourself from being really bold, putting yourself out there more. It can show up in diluting your message to try to appeal to everyone. And what I see so often in high achieving women is it's showing up with being hard on yourself. And this doesn't always mean chastising yourself or calling yourself names or putting yourself down. Being hard on yourself can really show up In that sneaky way of your thoughts saying, well, you could have done better, but you should have done more. If you had just done this differently, you'd have better results right now. And that's the the never good enough mentality of focusing on what you did wrong, what you could have done better, instead of focusing on what you're doing really well and what went right. This can also show up in worrying about money, always focusing on gaps, To close over focusing on the gains, um, being afraid to prioritize supporting yourself, investing in yourself or in your business. Okay, all of these challenges, and there's, there's many more. I picked, I'll say, what I see most commonly in the women that I work with. But all of these challenges, they're based in fear and doubt. They're based in your subconscious talking you into keeping these things the way that they are. Okay, and these fears, these doubts, these challenges, they create restriction over expansion. None of them actually reflect the truth of your highest self and who you actually are. So the really important thing to understand is that creating the solutions to these challenges, overcoming these things that might be slowing you down or creating frustration on the journey, they don't come from only learning new strategies and new tactics. I talked about this in the first episode. I want to repeat it here now in case you didn't listen to that one, that overcoming these challenges, it's a combination of what you're doing and mostly who you are being. Okay, yes, there might be some new strategies to learn, Let's say, for instance, one of your challenges is feeling like you're on the hamster wheel in your business and you can't get ahead and maybe you know there's people pleasing going on or there's taking misaligned clients. So I could tell you, hey, let's look at your pricing. Let's look at your structure and let's rework some things so you can enhance your pricing and, you know, add more value to your offers and then make them really specific to your aligned ideal client so that you can say no to the misaligned clients and only work with the clients you really want to be working with at a higher level. And at a higher price point, I can tell you to do all those things. I can look at that strategy with you and I can tell you to raise your price. But if you don't actually feel good on the inside about raising your price, let's say maybe you have a belief system that says it's bad to ask people to spend money. Maybe that's something you were taught in the way that you were raised. And so you have this guilt or this fear over raising your price because deep down under the surface where you're not even fully conscious of, you feel like it's bad to raise your prices. It's bad to ask people to spend money then one, you're either going to resist me telling you to raise your price, and you're not actually going to do it, or you'll do it and you'll feel bad about it on the inside. Okay, that's why I say that's just one example. And that's why I say these solutions to or the path to overcoming these challenges are not found in simply learning new strategies or tactics. They're found in you becoming more of who you actually are. What I mean by that is you standing more and more in the truth that you are worthy, you are good enough, you are creative, you are valuable, and your true desires and your intuition are the priority. Your intuition is incredibly powerful and incredibly knowledgeable. And so you being aligned with who you really are, that is going to help you transcend these challenges in the most powerful way possible. But what tends to happen, what I see all the time and what I experienced over and over and over again. And I had to learn this lesson multiple times. And I can say, I feel like I am finally in a place in my life where I get it. And I am now integrating the lesson in such a deeper way. But I see this all the time because it's so ingrained in so many of us which is to try to work harder and harder and harder in order to reach the next goal or to create a new circumstance to overcome the challenge. So we work hard and we grind it out and we focus on the next thing and just how we can get to the next thing and the next thing in order to make it better. And what we're doing in that pattern is we're relying on a new destination to finally feel reprieve from the challenges and to feel more freedom, to feel better about ourselves, to feel good. So we're treating the destination like a magic pill. But the problem is you're making it harder on yourself to actually reach the goal when you're pursuing them with doubt and judgment and fear, when you're pursuing them with all that inner tension going on from the value conflicts because you haven't actually addressed the conflicts and really shifted who you're being on the inside. And when that happens, even if you do attain the goal, which I believe it's harder to actually achieve our goals when we're in that pattern, but then if you do attain the goal, You expect it to suddenly give you feelings of more freedom and ease and joy, but the achievement of the goal doesn't suddenly change how you feel about yourself. One of my mentors, Sloane, she used to always say that how you experience the journey is how you'll experience the destination. And like I said, this was the lesson it took me many times and many experiences to really learn and, and take it from a head lesson into a heart lesson. But I can promise you, I've experienced this over and over. And it's true that it is the biggest myth to tell ourselves that just once we finally reach this next level, then we'll feel good. I used to tell myself uh, early on in this journey that once I got to 20k a month in business, oh my gosh, I'd be making so much more money than I'd ever made before. Things would be great. I would never worry about money again. And then once I got to 20k a month, Well, now I wanted to invest in more things. I wanted to bring on more team. I had more responsibility. And still, I was worrying about my money running out. Still, I was worrying about money and feeling like it just wasn't enough yet. Okay, now if goal achievement was the only condition for feeling good about ourselves and enjoying our lives, then every successful person, every celebrity, every millionaire, every great entrepreneur would be a blissful, happy, and fulfilled person. But we know that's not the case, right? So there are a ton of people who are successful in terms of how our society defines success or who have a lot of money, but they're miserable. They're in pain. Maybe they're struggling with addiction, struggling with failed marriages, struggling with bad relationships with their kids. Okay, success and making more money, hitting high achieving goals. It's not the only ingredient for living a happy and fulfilled life. Yet our society continues to perpetuate this belief that once you finally just achieve this next thing, then you can be happy and feel worthy and good about yourself. Okay, so I'll say it again. It's a huge myth to believe that once I finally just accomplish this thing, once I finally hit this amount of revenue, or once I finally bring on these team members, once I finally publish that book, or once I finally settle down in a good relationship, okay, whatever it is, once I finally accomplish this thing, then I'll feel good about myself and start enjoying myself more or then I'll relax more, then I'll take more time for myself, then I'll feel more fulfilled. All right, let's break this down for a moment. If that's the belief that I'll finally feel really good about myself and enjoy more freedom once I reach my goal, or once I finally create X new result, you're actually sending the message to yourself that you're not good enough right here and now, and that you don't deserve to feel good, or that you aren't capable of feeling good or feeling free, and that you're unworthy of feeling good until you get an external result. That will then make you worthy of feeling good about who you are and where you are. So when you're in this mindset of waiting on the achievement of a goal to give you more joy and passion and excitement, you're pursuing your goals to try to get to happiness and to worthiness, which means you're acting from a place of unworthiness. So I will invite everyone listening here today, if this is resonating with you, write this down on a post-it note, put it on your mirror, make it a daily calendar reminder in your phone, or put it on your nightstand, look at it every night before bed. I invite you to write down, I am worthy of celebrating who I am right here, right now. I am worthy of enjoying my life right now. Why am I dedicating this whole episode to this? Okay, why is this so important to me? Because I know within my soul, that the better you feel about who you are right now, and the more you value yourself and value your true desires, the more you're going to open the doors to accessing your divine intuition and your highest self. Okay. And your highest self, it's always guiding you towards more solutions and growth and expansion and greater expression. Okay. It's guiding you to your highest expression. When you let your highest self guide you and you give yourself permission to follow your true desires, you will continuously become a more and more powerful co-creator with God or with spirit or the universe. Okay, the path to creating more joy and freedom along the journey is to prioritize and value who you're becoming over what you're achieving. And I want to be clear, this does not mean that I am not in favor of you pursuing big goals and having a big vision. I have a very big vision. I love working with people that have big visions. So it's not about not wanting more and not wanting to make a really big impact or create great outcomes. It's about you shifting away from chasing achievement in order to prove your worth or to feel better or feel good about yourself into you becoming a really powerful creator who's enjoying the journey and really stepping into the adventure of the unknown and the adventure of creating. Okay, instead of letting your results dictate your worthiness, you're owning from the inside out that you are worthy of celebrating and enjoying your life right here and now. And that who you are right now is good enough and all of you is welcome here. When you step into that path of living with real acceptance and allowing who you are and celebrating who you are now, it opens the doors to so much more exciting creativity and so much more enjoyment on the path forward. Okay. Whereas when you're so attached to specific outcomes, specific achievements, where you feel bad about yourself, if you don't create the exact outcome that you thought you would, when you thought you would, you're operating from a place of letting the outcome determine your value. So here's the bottom line, opening the doors to more of your creativity and your intuition and bringing your desires to life. It comes from you first feeling good about who you are and where you are now while getting excited about what's to come next. Okay. Getting excited about the more that's out there for you. So that means letting go of the fears of getting it wrong. The second guessing the doubt and those limiting beliefs and replacing it with trust in your highest self and trust in how your journey is unfolding. You can live in your enoughness when you accept who and where you are right now. Let me circle back to my story here for a moment. I shared about how it was pretty challenging to go through this experience of scaling back and, and getting smaller as I rebirthed a lot of things in my business. I can also look back now and see that even though I I doubted it and I fought with it and wrestled with it for a while, once I finally accepted what my true desires were and let go of that belief and that attachment to the idea that I had to achieve seven figures in three years in order to prove my worth and be good enough and to really prove myself to other people. When I finally let go of that and really released it and let myself step into what's actually in alignment with me, I not only experienced so much more peace and feeling so much more free, I also opened the doors to feeling so much more creative and inspired and excited about what I wanted to develop and my new programs and my new offers. And that's even what opened the space for me to create this podcast, which if you heard my first episode, you know, I started planning this two years ago, but I was never actually creating the time or space for it and never had the capacity for it. And so when I slowed down and followed what my actual desires were calling me to, I finally created the space to launch my podcast. And no, it wasn't the perfect timing, but I was so excited to finally put this out into the world. And I'm so excited about the programs I have coming up and different things that I'm developing and collaborations that have suddenly opened up. And there's so many things happening now behind the scenes. And I will be fully transparent. I'm excited about where I'm going and excited about all these things unfolding. And yes, the path definitely had downs and sadness and moments of overwhelm. And there was a lot that went into rebirthing my business and rebuilding things. And I'm not saying that it was the easiest path forward. It definitely came with a lot to process. And when I was able to shift my perspective and release the attachment to the circumstances and everything needing to be exactly how I thought it should be, like I said, it opened the doors to also finally relaxing and experiencing more peace, more contentment, more trust, and more excitement. And now I feel like what I'm actually creating, I'm creating with so much more heart and so much more joy and so much more alignment. And so that's just one example of the many times that choosing to follow my highest self and to let my true desires lead the way open the doors to the most unexpected and unbelievable new outcomes and new creations. So I'll leave you with this thought today that when you let go of fear or needing to prove your worth or prove that you're good enough as a motivator and you allow love and acceptance and compassion and leaning into and trusting your desires, your heart, your intuition, when you let all of that lead the way, you let go of the chasing of achievement and the grind and the overwhelm and that hamster wheel and open the doors for so much more adventurous and exciting creation. As always, I would absolutely love to hear from you and I would love to hear what's resonating with you from this episode. Please feel free to reach out and share your stories or your questions. Okay, I would love to hear your insights and I will look forward to seeing you next time as we continue exploring what it takes to elevate to higher levels with ecstasy. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. If you enjoy what you heard and you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love to hear your feedback, your insights, questions, or any desired topic requests. You can also reach me directly through the contact page at alexpurseglove.com. I so appreciate you spending your time here with me today. And until next time, I'm wishing you a beautiful day of focusing on what lights you up inside.